That's not how you made it look on social media, he says. His tone is strange. It's half accusatory, which doesn't bother me. But bizarrely, the other half sounds like relief. It's March 2021, and I'm sitting with Zachary, not his real name, at a birthday party. Though I've known Zachary for 14 years, tonight is the first time we've had a deep and honest conversation. Just a few hours beforehand, I was a world away, running a photo shoot and reunion with the authors of this book, the friends I'd made since setting out on a creative career path after leaving high school. All day I've been anxious, not about the photo shoot, but about the birthday party. The parties with the high school friends I hardly see anymore, from whom I feel I've drifted apart and don't quite fit in with. Compelled by a sense of obligation and loyalty, I drag myself across town to the party, expecting a night of awkward small talk. But sitting here with Zachary, I find myself pleasantly surprised. When everyone asks what I've been up to, I tell them about the book. It's called A10 and Lost, so are we, I relay. I'll make sure to let you know when we launch. The best thing about having co-written this book is and always will be the conversations it unlocks, the stories I now hear from people I thought I had figured out. But of all the fascinating tales I hear that night, it's Zachary's that sticks with me. It begins as most stories do. He's a few years into a seemingly good job, but unsure about his future prospects or the possibility of a promotion. He doesn't feel deeply interested in what he is doing, but he thinks, what else am I interested in? Sport? I can't make money out of that. I feel his pain. I see the look in his eyes. A look I know only too well. Though I haven't felt it for some time, I still carry its scars. It's the feeling of being lost. I tell Zachary my story. My real story. We've known each other for 14 years, but we've never talked like this. I tell him about the lows I experienced after leaving high school. I talk about the first three years that I spent at university and how for that whole time I felt lost. I shudder. I was scared shitless at that time that the lost feeling would never go away, that it was permanent, that it would last forever. Then I talk about how starting my real estate business and how that was a shit show too. How at times that leveled me to the ground. Zachary, who only ever saw my life updates online, is both confused and shocked. That's not how you made it look on social media, he says. I look at him, at the mixture of accusation and relief in his eyes that seems to say, Damn, I've been comparing my life to my friends' lives and feeling isolated as a result. It's such a relief to know that others are lost also. I never appreciated how my life looked from the outside. It must have seemed like I had it all figured out. When I look around at the other people at the party, I'm reminded that I have no idea how many of them feel the way Zachary does. I may never know. Tragedy number one. Few of us have any real idea of what's going on in the lives of our friends. So welcome everyone to the With Joey B podcast, one of the bonus episodes, just me today. And that was an excerpt from our book, which uh, was an Amazon bestseller. I was very exciting, very excited to say, A10 and Lost. So are we. Nine stories show there's no perfect path after high school. And uh, we created this, we released it almost two months ago now. And it's been a very exciting journey. It was such a wonderful experience to create this. Obviously with, if you're not familiar, nine everyday people. Um, who each shared their story after leaving high school. Uh, I was one of them, and I wrote the introduction, and that's what you just listened to, um, was four of the one of the four tragedies I outlined in the um, introduction. I wanted to make an episode today about why we made this book, five reasons around why we made this book. 
And in the introduction, which is free, uh, you can grab that on the website, which will be in the show notes. Uh, I talk about that. I talk about the, the problem that I guess from my perspective and my team who did this book, um, what we saw in the world. And I wanted to unpack that a bit. I think it's useful in the context of the episodes we've just had on the podcast here. Uh, and so I think that was a really interesting thing to unpack today. Especially uh, episodes number 147 and 148, which were not long ago, they were about advice. So you can go back to them if you haven't listened to them. But why advice is so dangerous and tricky? I, I write in the introduction, all advice is bad advice because no one's here. I think we want to write stories and we want to write something like this because it's very hard. We, we, we normally go wrong when we try too hard to push people towards very specific advice. We can really only offer perspective. But I think um, stories and storytelling is a way more powerful way to, to help people get value from our experience and wisdom. When you tell your story, you give people full context around what you've been through. It's funny, it's hard to actually do that in conversation. It's almost like you need to write a book just to give it to people around you. So that was actually one of the first reasons. The second one is I like that it was everyday people. Uh, you know, we weren't superstars, Joe, Byron, Marvin, Jordan, Scott, Tyler, Josh, Gabriella. We're just everyday people. We have a funny culture where it's very normal. Everyone's very, ha- I don't know, I find it, I don't like it at all. We, we pedestal people who have some sort of uh, fame or level of business um, success. And we kind of generalize that to being whole life success. Not necessarily the case. Everyone kind of wants to hear from, yeah, uh, I don't know, experts, really established people. You've got books like um, The Third Door by Alex Benign. And that, that's all well and good. There's definitely always gold and value to be taken from those things. I think we've really undervalued and overlooked the power of just the stories of everyday people. I think appreciating how incredible the lives of the people around us are and what we can learn from them uh, really humbles us. I think not wanting to humble ourselves is why we so often put other figures on a pedestal. Um, it gives us a, it gives us the satisfaction that we can't just be content with what we have now. <laughs> Pretty damning assessment of uh, modern society. So the second reason was giving examples from everyday people for relatability and for showing that there is a broader spectrum. You don't have to climb these ridiculous mountains to have a, a quality life. I just don't believe that at all. But if you want to do that, by all means, good luck. Uh, I think number three then, showing p- what people can do. None of these people were looking for this opportunity. This is a big point around all my philosophy and it comes down to reason number four as well. The concept of the thousand doors. Uh, episodes four and five of this point, way back at the start. None of them were looking for it, yet we, we Scott and I wanted to, so that's Scott McEwen, wanted to, you know, start off a new education model. And we thought this was very meta because we could talk about the problems in education and careers and life after high school. Uh, but we could get everyday people and turn them into authors and give them a learning experience whilst creating something. So instead of, uh, say, university or high school where you go and study and you wait and then you're supposed to do things in the future um, and then you're learning to get to some sort of achievement in the future, this was bringing what most people would regard as an achievement, becoming an author, into the present and making that the learning opportunity. Um, 
how good's that? And we did it. And it cost a fraction of what most educational courses, let alone uh, mainstream education uh, institutions charge for, um, you know, learning. And we, we learned so much about so many things by working on an actual project together and showing that people could become authors. And they all got, all got endorsed by bloody Seth Godin, a best-selling author. And we made the Amazon bestsellers list um, around our launch and number two in education on in the launch week. So it's pretty remarkable, which brings me to number four, which was nonlinearity. And so, you know, it could have... A lot of people maybe might do courses around writing a book, courses around so many different things you can do these days. And everyone has different styles of learning. I'm a kind of just throw myself in the water and learn how to swim guy, kind of sitting there learning something hypothetical is normally very annoying for me. Uh, I kind of like to have supplementary learning for sure whilst I'm doing it because I know I'm directly going to apply it. But apart from that, it's really hard to kind of, a lot of people try to innovate and do education differently and often can be pretty shit attempts in my opinion. Um, there's no parting of French in this podcast because the whole concept of like non-linearity around you can just give people information but if you could also give them opportunities so there are some tangible and intangible examples of that from the book even with our journey so far a tangible i'm working with another awesome you know uh, i guess emerging thought leader now helping him with his book i've got an official contract helping some guy i'm loving that right now um, byron is launching the uh He's a Driven Young uh, program. So he's building on the podcast and the work done with the book to create a program for young people. So it's like a new kind of, not just business opportunity, but value-add opportunity. Uh, we've got some less direct ones, like Tyler, not only uh, did she land like a paid article, I believe, with Mamma Mia, um, because of the, like the book helped her get access to that because uh, of credibility and so forth. But also she had the courage to move to... Um, to Alice Springs, different part of Australia, which has been an incredibly positive life move and all the stuff we did around our retreat for the book and also the journey of writing a book has given it, you can, I can just see it, we're still very big roles in one another's lives and um, it's it's been really useful to build up confidence for people like her. I know Josh as well has really been, and for me personally, built up a lot of confidence for me. So you've got this non-linearity component too which is you don't know what comes out of doing exciting things we didn't anticipate all those benefits coming out of it they weren't in the plan we were just like let's do a book but they bring more exciting doors once you do those things and they're not always things that you are valuing um at the start maybe you don't place value on building up confidence and courage to move away or anything like that experiences can deliver that it's it's really hard for a lot of traditional learning formats to do that. The last thing was the experience. Number five. This is a very big one, guys. The experience of doing it. Marvin, who wrote a lovely chapter in chapter five, it was his birthday uh, three weeks ago. And we wished him happy birthday on our group chat with the authors. And his reply really stopped me for a moment in my day. He said, thanks, guys. He said, uh, being an author of the book, so launching the book, didn't change my life nearly as much as meeting all of you people. I just think he sums up the whole thing. You know, when I was working on this, when we ran the retreat to bring the authors together, when I was writing it, 
the whole time I feel the same way I do now, which is I actually don't care too much about people buying it. I actually enjoyed doing it so much and so proud of it myself. It's not perfect, but I was super proud of it all the same. Um, that any other outcomes are kind of secondary. Which I think it how most of the authors feel. The experience of doing it, the process of doing it, was the biggest reward. Now, we'll go away and people look at things like Amazon bestseller, blurred by a notable education and thought leader guy, and all this, and that's what people pay attention to. But no one sees the story behind the story. We had a great time doing this. It was enjoyable and meaningful. And we got a group of very tight-knit friends. And, and we still have, you know, I helped Byron a bit with his project and we've become good friends. The others are all great friends. We, you know, we try and catch up best we can. Um, you know, Tyler's been a very positive influence in my life too. And she's very kind, says the same about me. These are things people don't really talk about when they're talking about what you work on and what you should do and, you know, go be successful and all that bullshit. Uh, and, and everyone misses the point. Everyone misses the fruit that's just sitting there, the low-hanging fruit. And so much of our lives, the low-hanging fruit is the good fruit. It's the best fruit. And most people never look at it. Too busy trying to climb. So there you go. Five reasons why we made the book. So, yeah, that's an in-between. Um, and I think that ties into a lot of the recent themes or everything we're talking about in this season of the podcast bit of housekeeping, the daily podcast, so if you want, the season one was a bit more about how we're wired and meaning and stuff about the human condition, so that's from episodes one all the way up to 121, um, short daily episodes, 10, you know, somewhere between 6 to 15 minutes, most of them, uh, and then this season started from 122, episode 122. Um, I do do, because there's an episode every day, if you want just a consolidated update once a week, Via email, I do a short five-minute read with five big takeaways from the week's worth of episodes, and you can just hit the link that says, I uh, should say, Everything Joe in the show notes, and you can just sign up for that. Uh, obviously, you can unsubscribe at any time. I don't really care if you subscribe or not, but that's just what I offer there. So if that's useful, great. And if you want more from me, give me feedback there. Uh, if not, that's what I'll do. And very excited, more daily episodes coming up on the compass, not a map, on why people say one day. Um, themes around, they're basically themes around which direction we go and why. And when some people take massive detours in their careers and lives and and why people often don't go direct towards the thing they, they want most. Pretty important freaking conversation to have. Anyway, so that's it. I'm really enjoying this season. I hope you are too. Please feel free to ever reach out. And let me know how it's going for you. And remember, as always, that the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. <laughs>